1: It's time to get inside the Giants Huddle. Let's go, let's go, let's go. On giants.com. I like it, I like it, I and like it. And the Giants mobile app. Boom, give me some juice. Part of the Giants Podcast Network. Let's
0: roll. Welcome to the latest edition of the Giants Huddle Podcast, presented by Citizens, the official bank of the New York Giants. Two games left in the regular season, both at home. First up, the L.A. Rams, who are fighting for a wildcard spot and currently sit in sixth place in the nfc standings to delve more into this matchup we're now joined by a man who played eight years in the nfl as a linebacker with three different teams the raiders the jaguars and the bills a colleague of mine on sirius xm nfl radio and you can also hear him as part of the pre and post game shows on the rams radio network none other than Kirk morrison Burke, you got lance meadow here on giants.com always good to chat with you hope all as well How's everything on your end
1: uh everything is good right we're uh you know, pulling away, going away, getting ready for hopefully a playoff push for the Rams. Uh, but they're doing great, man. It's been fun watching this team, uh, especially over the last couple of weeks since their bye week, kind of put themselves in this position. But they got a big game against the Giants, and we'll see how this uh, how this works out for them. Hopefully it maybe goes in their favor.
0: Well, I want to start with the turnaround that you just referred to, Kirk, because they had the Week 10 bye, 5-1 yes. and one in the last six games. They started off 3-6. and six. The offensive numbers clearly jump off the page. What's been the difference? If you had to pinpoint one specific facet, what has triggered this very strong stretch here?
1: Kyron Williams. That's it. <laughs> I'll just leave it at that. Let's not. Kyron Williams has come back, and remember, he came out of the bye week. He was actually on all, on IR. You know, he was um hurt prior to the bye week, so they, he had to spend four games away. When he's gotten back, this offense has been extremely balanced. We've seen a much different offense. Uh, One that seems that Matthew Stafford hasn't had to put all the pressure on himself. He's been able to kind of disperse the football. Puka Nakua has been uh, one of the best rookies in all of football this year, regardless of position. Um, But then you still have a a guy like Cooper Cup. You have Demarcus Robinson who's come along. But I think it's really been Kyron Williams. He's been the real reason why I think that this Rams offense has been truly balanced. The defense has been steady all season long, but I think Kyron Williams has brought, I think, just a different energy to this football team, and you mentioned it just a second ago. The Rams are 5-1 and one with that only loss coming to, I think, the team that we think is the best team in football, and that's the Baltimore Ravens, and they lost on an overtime punt return for a touchdown.
0: Yeah, they were right in the thick of things, so I think that says a lot the caliber of the opponent Certainly has to be taken into consideration. I want to focus on the several offensive weapons that you mentioned because Nakua, Cup, and Williams, interestingly, Kirk, have only been together for seven games this season because of the injuries that you were hitting on. So how much is what we're seeing right now just a matter of Stafford now has, as well as Sean McVay, all the weapons at their disposal, and we didn't get a glimpse of this in the earlier stages of the season?
1: Well, I think that's the crazy part about all of this, Lance, is that this trio was something that we never even imagined. If you look at the way the Rams were constructed, especially coming out of preseason, it was really obviously Matthew Stafford, Cooper Cup. And they also had Cam Akers, who was their starting running back. The Rams moved off of Cam Akers pretty quickly early in the the regular season because they really liked what Kyron Williams could provide. Well, then, while you're also going through a process of Cooper Cup, who was injured early on and didn't start with the team as a healthy receiver, he started on IR. So if you think about it, they never really got things going. And now, all of a sudden, all three guys are playing together truly for the first time, and you're seeing everything sort of start to take shape. This has been an offense that's been growing throughout. They didn't have an identity. The identity has now been set. So it's crazy to think that this trio that you mentioned of Williams, Nakua, and Cup—I don't think any Rams fan or anybody following the team would have thought these three guys would be the catalyst for this offense. It's been fun to watch because you have the youth, and then you have the experience with Cooper Cup. So it's it's been fun to watch uh, week in and week out. But Matthew Stafford, honestly, he's the guy leading this leading this, this this train. I mean, he's the conductor of it all, and that's the reason why I really feel like. This team has been in good hands, especially we've seen down the stretch.
0: Well, using your parallel, the conductor, though, was not fully healthy <laughs> a few weeks ago, okay? Right. He didn't have full strength to conduct the orchestra because of right. that strained <laughs> thumb, Kirk. If you recall, he missed the Packers game, had right. the bye week to rest up in December. What a month so far! 10 touchdowns, no interceptions. Was it simply also the thumb bothering him enough, or is it just a matter of going back to Kirk, what you talked about? Now he has all his weapons. How do you see what has transpired, at least with the efficiency of the passing game with him at the controls?
1: You know, I'll go back again to, I think, why the Rams were 5-1 and one since this bye week. It goes back to Kyron Williams. The team has been more balanced, and, and being more balanced, Lance, I think you'll see Matthew Stafford has been under center a lot more than we saw in the beginning of the season. Him being under center under center, it uh, brings a, a dilemma for defense because you always have to respect the threat of run. And I think it's also given him more opportunities in the play action pass game, which has gotten Puka Nakua and Cooper cup down the field and given them a ton of open looks. And then I really think the emergence of Demarcus Robinson, especially down in the red zone, Tutu Atwell is a former second round pick of the Rams, a guy who they've been trying to bring along and he's been sort of the big play down the field threat, but they've, getting into, they've gotten into the red zone and they didn't really have a go-to guy. Demarcus Robinson has been that go-to guy. He's got a touchdown in his last four consecutive games. And I think that's where we've seen Matthew Stafford really start to blossom of late is that he does. Now he's got answers, right? There's a lot of questions from defenses, but yet he's got answers with Demarcus Robinson. He has a running game with Kyron Williams. And I think the bigger thing that I haven't really even talked about, he's got a lot of trust in this offensive line. Alaric Jackson is a guy who was an undrafted free agent who's starting at left tackle. Can you believe that? Um, They drafted Steve Avila with their first pick this year in the draft uh, out of TCU, played in a national championship game, Coleman Shelton at center. They went and traded for Kevin Dotson from the Pittsburgh Steelers, right, to get physical up front. That's what I see in the mentality – And Rob Havenstein, who was actually, he and Aaron Donald, the last two uh, St. Louis Rams that are part of this football team, he's been a mainstay. But this offensive line, I think, has not gotten enough credit. And I think that's also added to what you just asked me about, just the, the, the December for Matthew Stafford. All of those factors, I think, have come into play. You love turf. You're good at it. So you start a turf biz. Business grows. Your savings
0: grow. Become the most celebrated name in turf. Are you ready for all that life brings? The huddle is brought to you by Citizens, the official bank of the New York Giants. From game day to every day, Citizens is made ready for Giants fans with insights, guidance, and solutions. Learn more at citizensbank.com. I'm glad you laid out the offensive line, Kirk, because Giants fans are listening to what you broke down and they're saying they have seen this storyline for (laughs) over a decade. (laughs) And they're still looking for stability up front. And you laugh. I mean, right. we talk about it on our national right. stage. And right. here we go. Another giant season. Nine yeah. different offensive linemen have started mm-hmm. at least five games. So I know I'm asking you maybe a simplistic answer, and you may be alluded to a little bit, but that is a Rams offensive line that gave up 59 sacks last season, was yeah. plagued by injuries, game of musical chairs, go from bottom three to now top four. They've only allowed 28 sacks. And to your right. point, everything's clicking because that's hard to do, Kirk, as you can attest to in the snap of a finger within the span of one offseason.
1: Yeah, the Rams learned a lot about their football team last year. They went through four quarterbacks, Matthew Stafford, Bryce Perkins, um, John Walford, and then Baker Mayfield, who actually finished it up. But the bigger part was that offensive line, which come, came, coming into last season was honestly people thought was going to be the strength. And all of a sudden you lost guys along the offensive line. And it just became a revolving door. And I believe they led the league last year in terms of different combinations to start all 17 games they played. So it at the time, it looked to be sort of a situation that was a negative, but it actually turned into a positive because the Rams had to play so many guys that they honestly started to get guys who with some experience. Guys got a chance to play and got a chance to learn the system. And so what was a negative last year going into training camp became a really big positive. They were also able to train guys at different positions. So they were taking a guy like Joe Noteboom, who was supposed to be the heir apparent to uh, Andrew Whitworth, who retired. He got beat out by Alaric Jackson, who was one of those guys that played in last year along the offensive line. And so Noteboom became a swing guy. So he's able to play guard. He's able to play tackle. So if a guy is hurt, you just plug in Noteboom, and he's been sort of the swing guy that's kind of kept. I think this Rams offensive line intact and whole. Coleman Sheldon has really done it, but I really believe that this Steve Avila, I call him a, a building with feet. I mean, this dude is a young guy. He's nasty, and he really I think has changed this offensive line. They're really good at, in between center, guards. These two, these three guys, that middle of their offensive line. It's something they've been able to produce, and that's what's kept Matthew Stafford upright. Again, the play action has helped out a lot, too. So they've done a lot in terms of, you know, looking at last year, what do we need to do? They've done a little bit of everything along the offensive line. I think also play calling has a lot to do with it, getting the ball out quickly, and that's what Matthew Stafford's been able to do to help out the offensive line as well, Lance.
0: Based on what you were talking about, Kirk, though, because you mentioned a lot of young guys, I think it also may speak volumes of the coaching staff because you have to develop these players, Kirk, as you know. You could draft them, you could bring them in, but if you don't fine-tune them, it could be a lot of growing pain. So what does it say about what the staff has done under Sean McVay to get some of these players ready to go and to showcase that versatility that you talked about because they've been exposed to so many different positions?
1: Yeah, I'm glad you did bring that up, too. And I failed to mention that. I, I apologize because I think about the Rams and how the success that they've had under Sean McVay. They've also lost a lot of assistant coaches around the National Football League. We, You know, you kind of joke about the Sean McVay coaching tree and how many coaches have went on to go get head coaching jobs other places, but also college jobs as well. And then you think about it, the Rams have had three offensive line coaches in three years. I think that had something to do with it in years prior, even though they they did win a Super Bowl, they still had to go out and get a new offensive line coach. It didn't work out last year, but former Patriot, remember Ryan Wendell, played with the Patriots for a long time. He's the Rams offensive line coach, a former player. He's brought a different mentality, a different mindset, and he's given a lot of guys opportunities And I would say he's maybe one of the biggest reasons why this offensive line is playing well. It's it's Ryan Wendell, who's the offensive line coach, a lot of, you know, just a respected guy. And I think he's brought an element of teaching and an element of knowledge. And he's also been in tune with the quarterback, obviously, Matthew Stafford. They know what, what works for them and what does not work for them. And I think that's where the success has come from.
0: Kirk, you mentioned last season the Rams utilizing a variety of different quarterbacks, which really relates to what the Giants are going through this season. And yes. I want to bring your playing days into the equation, not to pour salt into your wounds with the <laughs> Raiders days. But, right. you know, you were with the Raiders for a few seasons where I you saw three to four different quarterbacks play and start during the course of the season. And the Giants went through Daniel Jones, Tommy DeVito a little bit. Now they're back <laughs> to Tyrod Taylor. What I'm curious about, Kirk, is what is the mindset of the defense? You're on the opposite side of the ball. Yeah. How do you go about navigating that, the other facet, knowing that maybe from a schematic aggressiveness standpoint, you may have yeah. to carry the load a little bit more because now there's a different quarterback at the controls?
1: Yeah, I don't think you need to ask me. I think you need to ask your defensive coordinator with the Giants, uh, Don Week Martindale, because he was my linebacker coach throughout those years, my first well, five there you years. go. With the Raiders. So he he knows very very well what we went through um, as a defense, but we did have one of the top defenses back in 2006. um, And we did go through many quarterbacks. I know through my time with the Raiders, I spent five seasons with them. I had 10 different guys play quarterback for me. So I do know what that responsibility takes on a defense. Um, You feel like you have to play perfect. Um, You can play your best game and know that it still may not get you a victory. So I think it does take away some of the aggressiveness at times defensively as a player. I know that's not the case with Don Wink Martindale. He is still going to bring pressure. That's just who he is. And you love that about him because he doesn't want to sit back on his heels. That's one of the great things. But I tell you from my mindset as a former defensive player in this league, it does always feel like one mistake feels like two or three mistakes because you know how critical one mistake in a game can be, knowing that you don't have the offense to come back from that, right? We see a lot of teams that can make a mistake defensively. And you got an offense that can go down on a, you know, eight play 75 yard drive and score a touchdown and all is well. When you don't have that, those mistakes become bigger. And now all of a sudden you got guys pointing fingers and things like that. You That never wants to be the case. But I do know the difficulty of looking across the field, knowing that, hey, we may not have it at quarterback right now. It's going to be on us. You almost feel like you got to play perfect. And we know in the NFL, is just not the case.
0: Yeah, I think that's well said, especially this is a Giants team that's averaging just over 14 points per game. That's 31st in the NFL. You can only imagine right. the pressure that's on the defense, which has held up nicely and has made some opportunistic plays. But, Kirk, more often than not, that's still not enough. Because if you can't get across the 20-point perimeter, you're putting yourself in a very precarious spot. And the Giants have only done that four times this season, Kirk, in 15 games. And one of the games was a product of a defensive touchdown, which I think says all you need to know.
1: (laughs) You tell me, Lance, you go out there, you give up two field goals and a touchdown, right? That's 13 points. You feel like we should win this football game. Sure. I mean, every defense says that. And I've talked to many defensive coaches in the league the number where we would always say would be 17. That will be the number. I think it's kind of pushed itself to 20 because of the way that offenses can score. But you say if you hold a team to 20 or less, 17 or less, you should, you should win that football game. You should be able to muster up enough offense to win that football game. And that's where the frustration part, I think, will settle in on the defense. Offensively, you just say, hey, we've got a couple games left if you're the Giants. Can we put a couple things together? We know who our starter is going to be. It's not about the young guy. It's not about what's the future. You got a guy in Tyrod Taylor who, to me, I think as a um, guy who, you know, looks at the Rams weekly, uh, it kind of scares me going against Tyrod Taylor because he's seen a lot of defense. He knows and has a lot of answers to what the Rams may present defensively And so I think this is where you may see an offense be a little more aggressive because it's Tyrod Taylor, not a Tommy DeVito, not Daniel Jones. So you can see the ball get down the field a little bit more. And then you got a lot of guys, I think, offensively for the Giants who are playing for opportunity to be on the Giants next year. So you still have that element that works for you. So honestly, I think as much as we look at the defense for the Giants and what they have to do, I think offensively they can have one of those breakout games they've been looking for all season.
0: And Tyrod, as you mentioned, he's a polished pro. He's been there and done that. And he lost his starting job again due to injury. Tommy DeVito got hot. Now he has a second opportunity. You can only imagine what he's thinking. And I want to piggyback Kirk off of what you just tapped into with the mindset of the players, because you were on Raiders teams that unfortunately were mathematically out of it by the time we got to the final two games of the season. And from the fans' viewpoint, more often than not, they're focused on the draft next year. They want the highest pick humanly possible. And I say this more and more on every show I do, even with you on a national stage, where a player is not guaranteed a roster spot the following season on his current team. A player is not consumed with the draft because they know life in the NFL comes at you fast and could end very quickly. How did you navigate those years when you were with the Raiders and you had a lot of veteran players and teammates and you knew and we've got nothing to gain from the standings, right. but perhaps a whole lot more to gain in terms of what lies ahead for your career.
1: You know, Lance, you've been in broadcasting a long time, right? And so you have what they call a resume, a body of work that you can put down and you can show people what you've done, what you've accomplished. In the National Football League, the resume that you have is what you put on tape, is what you put on the field. That is a resume. And so guys are going to go 110% every single time that they're out there, for the most part, to put good tape on film. Because if you're with that team or not, maybe the next team is watching that film, and they want to see what kind of player are you. That's what players have to understand, and they do this. I know a lot of guys are playing hard because you don't want to have bad film. You always say a lot of times you're playing for the front of or either – you you, res- you respect the, the name on the front, which is your team name, but you never want to disgrace the name on the back. And the name on the back is, is your name. For me, that was the name Morrison. I did not want to have the Morrison name associated with bad play or not being – not hustling, not ha- having great effort. That was the resume I wanted to leave on the field. I think that's the mindset of a lot of players. You can, you know, show some things. And there's going to be some guys who get opportunities that – maybe haven't played a ton this year, will get those opportunities to at least keep their name in the hat for being on the roster next year, being developed and saying, hey, I can be a guy that you can count on in years to come. So there's a lot that I know I had to deal with, but always had the mindset of don't have bad film. I Have my resume still look the best, even when the circumstances are maybe not the best.
0: You're ready for a change. Payday comes early with Citizens, so go to that retreat new you moves to the country now you're raising goats and launching a lifestyle brand are you
1: ready for all that life brings
0: Giants fans love a winner it's why they love citizens named a 2022 best bank in the US by the banker as the official bank of the Giants and sponsor of the huddle citizens made ready for fans of Big blue learn more at citizensbank.com as we're talking with former NFL linebacker Kirk Morrison. We could hear him on SiriusXM NFL Radio as well as the Rams Radio Network. Kirk, I want to also relate something to your career to Bobby Okereke, at linebacker for the Giants, because he seems to be somebody that is a staple within their defense who they could build upon moving forward. And he right. made an interesting transition that I think you can relate to. You spent yeah. your first five seasons with the Raiders. He spent right. his first four with the Colts. You were in one scheme. You had Rob Ryan right, right. as your D.C., And he He had Matt Eberflus with the Colts. (laughs) Then you go to the Jaguars. And I think the numbers support Kirk. You were second in tackles. You made quite the impact. But brand new defense, right, with Jack Del Rio and Mel Tucker. And he comes the Wink system for the first time. What was that like where you're so used to a new scheme for all these years? You come in. You're trying to get used to new teammates. And it seemed as if I think there's some similar parallels is what I'm getting at between what you did in Jacksonville what Bobby Okereke is doing for the Giants.
1: Yeah, and I think we can extend it, too. Okereke was a third-round pick like I was in there the you NFL go. draft, too. So, yeah, he's been a, a guy who who I've watched throughout his career. Um, you know, I've watched him. He's been very solid. He's made a lot of plays, nine tackles for loss, uh, two interceptions, uh, four forced fumbles. He's playing the right way in Wink's defense. And, and look, whoever plays linebacker in Wink's defense, I'm always texting him. Letting them know, hey, fifty-eight. I like what he's doing, because that's something I'm not going to lie to you. I've I've talked to, you know, uh, Coach Martindale about this last year, um, because that was an area of weakness. I, I believe last year they had to start Jalen Smith during in the playoff game at linebacker, and I saw Jalen Smith was, um, you know, a guy that you know they just picked up. So he didn't, you know, didn't have the best of games, but. I was just saying, did you? I was teasing them more so, did you need me? Like, l- let me know, you could have <laughs> called me, I could have came in and played linebacker for you, but they are really banged up. I-, I felt that they would go after a linebacker in the draft or in free agency. They went and got Okereke, and I think that he's been a-, a stable piece for this defense. A guy that's been out there a ton, uh, it's hard to take him off the field, but I think the big, to answer your question, it's just trying to find where the common traits are, the common terminology uh, that was always the hard part for me when you've learned what something was for so long, right It was called this, right if the you know the the outside end and the and the inside defensive tackle went inside, you know some teams would call it a pirate. some teams would call it a scoop. So you just had to find what's that terminology that you use and we're all speaking the same language. and I think that was the the most difficult part. but once you find that you're able to play fast and free, But as long as 58 is out there for the Giants, I I really feel like, look, he is going to be the mainstay for this defense, the calming force when everything around you seems to be chaotic. As long as he's making the right calls, making the right checks, um, he's doing a lot. And I I think that, look, he's been great in the past, had some quarterback pressures. I need to get him some more sacks. But other than that, man, he's been playing well. And I, I know Wink's been pleased with his production. I want more splashier plays, though, from him, but he's been doing good.
0: Yeah, he's been very active. And it's interesting to see how far he's come along based on what he was doing in the first few games versus as of late. And I think that relates to what you were talking about. You need the adjustment period. So, putting your takeaways together here and your conversations with Wink, does that mean, Kirk, there's no conversation this week, I'm assuming, with Wink Martindale, right? You're not giving him any hints about what's going on in Ramsland.
1: I mean, that would no. be a
0: violation, <laughs> I'm assuming.
1: No, no, no! Not this week, man. We'll we'll catch up uh, at the combine like we always do. We'll just talk a little NFL, but um, you know, he's always watching a group, uh, watching his groups. You know, I'm, I'm always very complimentary of his players, and um, you know, I've I've been really excited about what Kayvon Thibodeau has brought to this defense. Um, I know not the best of seasons as a whole for the team, but Thibodeau has definitely shown that he's a Pro Bowl, All Pro caliber player. Um, for the future, you know, 11 and a half sacks this season. That is, that, that's, that's big. That's big for any defense to have that kind of guy and that kind of production. Um, so I'm, I've always been excited to watch his defenses, but there's a couple of guys who I've really taken a liking to. And I, and I keep my eyes. I mean, he's honestly, think about it. He's made what seemed to be the most difficult thing in the world uh, or for a defensive coordinator. He's actually kind of found a place for Isaiah Simmons. And I don't know if that makes for, you know, the future of Isaiah Simmons, but he's been a productive player in this defense for Wink Martindale. That to me shows coaching. That's when I tell you coaches are, are good when they find what a player does best and they let them go out there and play and show them, Hey, this is what you do in this defense. You'll be productive. And Isaiah Simmons has been productive in his defense.
0: Yeah, he had a pick six earlier this season, even against Washington. So he's been another opportunistic player. You got me thinking, Kirk, because I know it wasn't his scheme when you were with the Raiders. He was your position coach. But how much did he help you develop as a linebacker when you look back, even if it came to where you lined up on the field? Because as you mentioned, coaching does make the ultimate difference in this league.
1: I think he just, to me, he made the game simple. Um, when you sit down and talk to him, um, he sort of gave me a manual and, you know, I played in an era where we were able to meet a little bit longer, right? We were able to start our off seasons a little bit longer and, you know, I didn't make the playoffs when I was with the Raiders, unfortunately, but that did give me more time to spend with Wink in the off season. And we just talked about football and we talked about situational football. We talked about, what defense is the call? We talked about downs and distance. Uh, one of the things that he talks about is coordinators and coordinator trees and what tree does he fall under? And so just really how to study the game, right? And you know, I think case in point is that a couple players who've stood out to me in watching Wings defense this year has been Jason Pennock and Xavier McKinney. I mean, these two safeties have been active, very active. And so I think when you are able to slow the game down for some players – then they're able to just go out there and play free and not have to, I'd say think, but more so expect what's coming. When you know what's coming by down and distance, by the quarterback that's in the game, by the coordinator who was calling the plays, man, you're playing a step ahead in the game. And I've seen that from a couple of players from the Giants, but I've also known in my career, that's what helped me out a ton. And I always go back to my third year in the league where, You know, I had one of my best seasons. A lot of it was due to wink. I had four interceptions, but a lot of it was because he put me in the right positions to make plays. And once you understand it, man, the sky's the limit for how good you can be within the defense. But it was it was part of his defense. He and Rob Ryan honestly shared it and called it together at times.
0: It's a small world it's amazing we're talking to you and you have connections to wink and wink is now trying to make an impact with the giants it's kind of crazy how it's a very small community in the NFL speaking of the trajectory of a defense i want to finish up by focusing on the rams defense kirk because right. i think most going into this season said it's a young group they have to use draft right. picks because of all the trades they made and the salary Correct. cap restrictions and kobe turner byron young a pair of third round picks have combined for 12 and a half sacks I know Ernest Jones was a third-round pick a few years back, but he's still a young player. How did this defense come together so quickly, Kirk, considering I think most people from the outside looking in said there's going to be some growing pains and it's going to be an up-and-down struggle, and this unit has been a strength at certain key points of this year, it seems.
1: Well, the philosophy always were about the pillars. The Rams' pillars were three players, Matthew Stafford, Cooper Cup and Aaron Donald offensively you had two right and with those two you wanted to elevate the other guys and offensively it was going to be a work in progress but we always felt that the the offense was going to be ahead of the defense in reality that was actually not the case it was the defense who was ahead of the offense and it was crazy because you only had really Aaron Donald you didn't remember they traded away Jalen Ramsey in the offseason they didn't have Leonard Floyd They didn't have Von Miller. They didn't have Bobby Wagner. Think about the guys who were here with the Rams just a couple seasons ago that helped them win a Super Bowl. They were all gone. It was really just Aaron Donald. But Ernest Jones, you mentioned, he is really taking over that middle linebacking spot. He's been a force, and they've been having to use him in the blitz packages a little bit more to get after the passer. He's got four and a half sacks this year as a middle linebacker because they've inserted him in the rush um, Aaron Donald, I mean, speaks for himself, but he's gotten opportunities for a guy like Kobe Turner, right? Who's a rookie out of Wake Forest. Think about this, Lance. The Rams the Rams drafted 14 players. 14. And those 14 guys actually made the team. So the Rams knew it was going to be a youth movement, but their youth has grown. And when you talk about the growth of other players, Michael Hoyt, who's on the outside, he plays a, a outside linebacker position. He's come along. Byron Young. He gets off the bus first. You're like, who is that? He wears number zero, but he's come along this year. He's got six sacks as a rookie. Um, I, I think the the one spot for the Rams where that they were really young at was the secondary because they had some second-year guys, not necessarily rookies, but second-year guys who you would hope that they would come along, but they went back and brought John Johnson back. He was formerly with the Rams. He went in free agency a couple of years back to Cleveland. He was on waiver. They found a way to bring him back in along with a guy by the name of Kella Weatherspoon, who was really at the beginning of the Shanahan era in San Francisco. Um, He's been playing well. They were able to bring him in as a veteran force, and this secondary has really started to come along. I've been really impressed with a lot of guys, and Darian Kendrick was a corner they drafted last year. He's been kind of up and down, but he brings a tenacity that you love, and it all goes to their defensive coordinator, Raheem Morris. I think he'll be up for a couple of – uh you know, these head coaching vacancies. I think he has done a tremendous job with this group because if you looked at him on paper, you said there is no way the Rams can win with this defense. They've been able to win with this defense, and a lot of it falls because of their defensive coordinator, Raheem Morris.
0: Who was a very young coach when he got his first go-around with Tampa Bay. Correct. He definitely deserves some recognition. I think that's very well said. A quick follow-up before I let you go, Kirk, Aaron Donald, it goes without saying, gets doubled and triple teamed regularly because you just yes. you don't want him to wreck the game. How much, though, what has stood out about this defense this season, specifically the Kobe Turners the Byron Youngs, is those guys are winning their one-on-one battles and taking advantage of all the attention that Aaron Donald is getting. And if that doesn't happen, maybe we're not talking about the Rams' defense in the same light.
1: Yeah, no, that's the, and I think Aaron Donald has realized that um, – people will say well his production is down he's only got six sacks this year if you sit back and watch a game watch a rams game defensively and just sit back and watch the attention that number 99 gets he's you mentioned double triple team i mean offenses get the ball out quickly they run away from him in the run game and it has given some of these players the one-on-one opportunities to go out and make plays. It's given, I mentioned earlier that Ernest Jones has four and a half sacks. There's a reason why he's got four. Ernest Jones, this is his third year. He had one sack coming into this season. So he's the, you just see the percentages have gone up over 400% in terms of sacks, because if you're going to double team and triple team Aaron Donald, everybody else can go out and start the feast. And that's what you're seeing. But I think the bigger thing is that I've seen Aaron Donald truly have enjoyment in watching these young players sort of progress. I see him more as like the Papa Smurf of the group. (laughs) And he's seeing a lot of the young Smurfs really start to take responsibility and start to make plays and make names for themselves. And that's the good part. These older veterans for the Rams are just as excited to see these young players progress. And I think that there's a respect from the younger players as well as well to get some of that knowledge from those guys who I call the pillars of this football team.
0: See, we make analogies to the orchestra, the Smurfs. <laughs> We're eco opportunists here on the giant subtle podcast. Yeah. Some absolute great stuff. He is Kirk Morrison, former NFL linebacker. You can hear him on Sirius XM NFL radio as well as the Rams radio network is this is the latest edition of the giant subtle podcast presented by citizens, the official bank of the New York giants. Kirk, it's always a blast going back and forth. This was about, two three segments on channel 88 for us except we don't have to worry about coming back for another hour apparently but listen i can't thank you enough greatly appreciate the time and the insight
1: oh appreciate it anytime lance thanks for having me my man
0: absolutely as you can check out the latest Giants Auto podcast on giants.com the mobile app and your favorite podcast platforms
1: hey guys back at the playground again huh yep you know what this playground could use a wine country